Awesome. Let's quickly pray. Let's quickly use this opportunity to get ready for the Word. God, we thank You that we could come around Your Word and that You can prepare our hearts. So will You do that right now? Will You soften our hearts? And will You plant Your Word deep into it? We don't only want to be hearers of it. We want to be doers of Your Word, God. We also want to encounter You today in a new way. Um, God, will You touch our life? Even as we've drawn close to You, will You draw close to us? We submit to You now. We want to do Your will. Resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee with God. So I encourage you to make the most of that opportunity. Um, and then tonight, uh, Dino Chicatello is preaching. So don't miss out on that. He's actually speaking on relationship goals. So if you are married, if you are engaged, if you are single, it will help you. Um, and remember, people who go to church twice have a better chance to get to heaven. I don't know if you guys know that. You, you, you know, we, we can't, like, you know, verify that, but you don't want to get to heaven and they ask you, did you go to church twice on Sunday? And you say no, and they say, okay, you go into the next overflow room. Anyway, so um, the, everyone else gets to the, but you don't want to mess with that stuff. So I encourage you to get into the house. It's going to be, you will enjoy Dino. We're starting our encounter series. And I'm going to be speaking, um, and we're going to have, um, we're going to be speaking into encounters people had in the Bible. Uh, we're going to lead up to our fast week where we're going to have five nights of worship. And you can make the most of it. Listen, you might not be fast. You've never fasted. And your, your first step would just be getting into that encounter. And I've no doubt as you experience God's presence, you're going to taste and see that, it, that it's good and that it's actually better than any food you've tasted. An encounter with God will change your life. And of course, uh, we want to invite everyone on that journey. And we believe one of the ways to do it is to teach you about encounters and what they led to. And you can pick keys up and also start to push into your encounter with God. But Exodus 33 verse 11 says, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. So that's an amazing encounter. And, and we see Moses has it. And, and we can go, God, can I also have it? What was special about Moses that he could have an encounter with God? Well, it wasn't that he was special. He was a human just like us. Uh, but Moses, of course, was chosen by God. If you look at 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says that we are chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And just like Moses is chosen, you and I are also chosen. We've also got an opportunity to encounter God. When Jesus died on the cross, and, and he defeated, paid the price for our sin and, and defeated death. It says the, the veil was torn. And, and you and I know, even as Psalm 100 teaches us, that we can enter into God's presence. You might not have read this, but it says we enter in with thanks and praise. And we can be in His throne room. In a way, we're at His feet. And Scripture says as we draw close to Him, He draws close to us. And, and we can have an encounter like Moses had. We can have an encounter where God, of course, speaks to us like a friend. James 15 verse 15, John 15 verse 15, I haven't got these scriptures up, but actually says that God actually calls us His friend. So we see that we're chosen, and New Testament Christians are chosen, and you're a friend of God. God's inviting you to have an encounter with Him, and He desires that you desire Him. He has a desire to have a relationship with you, and He wants you to have an encounter with Him. If you look at the, the tent Moses was meeting at, uh, it was 
um, the, it was known as the meeting place. It wasn't the tabernacle of God. It was the meeting tent of God. And Moses put the tent outside of the community because the people were being disobedient. And, and, and he said, I can't even put this tent in the middle of the community, but it's on the outside. And people actually knew where the tent was. And he would go and meet with God there. If you, if you study it, you see that other people could have gone to that area. And, and so what we see is that everyone has a choice to how close they'll get to God. How much more for New Testament Christians? Every one of us has a choice to how close we are going to get to God. And of course, I want to invite you as we go through this series to look into people who encountered God and to ask God for keys. Of course, I have had encounters and, and one encounter totally changed the direction of my life where I had God speak to me and I thought I read it. I was having a quiet time and then I opened up, I had my bookmark and it wasn't there, but I knew God. I knew like I knew God said, this is the step I want you to take. And, and I can't deny that moment. And it's totally changed my life. Of course, I've had other encounters with God and I set aside time yearly to, to push into God through fasting, through prayer, just personal time with God, even a walk, worshiping, um, and even this weekend, just setting aside time to push into our relationship with God, have encounters, be refreshed. And I want to encourage you to make the most of the opportunity. So Moses, of course, shows us that, that we can also have an encounter when we read his story. And, and it says the veil was removed. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says, Whenever, though, they turn to face God as Moses did, Paul's writing this. He says, God removes the veil, and there they are face to face. So, of course, we see in the New Testament as, as we turn to God, God removes the veil. He removes obstacles. He removes things that are in the way, and they suddenly recognize that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. When God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. And of course, he's speaking about the law of Moses. And, and what he's speaking about is that we're not, trying to, we're not trying to live by the law. We're now in relation with God. And as we love God and love people, all the laws fulfilled. He, of course, is pointing out that now it's from a relationship that we serve God. Previously, they were trying to get to God by obeying the law. But the law always showed them that they could never get it right and that they will always be stuck in their sin. They were making sacrifices yearly. But now Paul's, of course, pointing out that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. And because the relation with God, we see Jesus. We can come close to Him. And, of course, He also gives us His Holy Spirit. So He says, we are free of it. All of us, nothing between us and God anymore. You know, previously, there'd be so much, and only the priests could go into the Holy of Holies, and the community would wait outside. But you now can go in to God's presence. You don't have to wait for anyone else. You can enter His presence wherever you are. And what a gift to us. It says our face is shining and the, um, nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of His face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually, and, and here's what encounters do. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful. As God enters our lives, we become like Him. Of course, the beauty of worship, I always mention it, is that it's the closest you'll ever get to God. And wherever you're close to God, God touches your life. That's where He can transform your life. Whatever you let God touch, He can transform. Are you letting Him touch your life? Are you opening your life up to Him? Or you may be putting barriers. God, I'll do this, but this is the way I want to do it. 
God goes, yeah, but this is the way I want you to approach me. This is the way I want you to worship me. This is the way I would like you to pursue me. And even as you see that, we need to be people who lay those things down, our preferences, and we pursue God and let Him transform us and change our life. So even as we do the encounter series, and, and we're trusting that we encounter God, I want to encourage you that, and, and I've no doubt you would say yes to this, but we need power, not just words. You, you know, you can come on Sunday and hear me, and, and God's Word's going to transform you. But you also need to experience the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 3 says, I come to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And you need to experience God's power. That's one of the best things that can happen for you. I believe once you've experienced God's power, you're going to be somebody who can stand every season and serve Him no matter what. But if you're just here because of man's wisdom or, or you've got an idea, sometimes you can be argued out of your relationship with God then. You know, somebody can argue out of it. But, but once you experience God's power, you can't deny it. And, and everyone in this room needs an encounter you need God's Word. You're built with God's Word. But that, that encounter waters the Word. You need that encounter that you can't deny. We need an encounter, not just an explanation. And like I mentioned, I've, I was in my room. We used to live in 197 Athens Road. I remember it. 197 Athens Road. That's where I had that moment in my room. And I knew God told me what my next step was. And, and, and I couldn't deny it. That's why I've not, I couldn't walk away from what God's called me to until God's told me otherwise. You know, if God tells me, meets me, and says, this is your next step, then I'll, cool, I'll do it. But even today, I'm still living in obedience to that encounter I had when I was 20, I was 21 in my room. 45, that's how powerful a personal encounter can be. What's keeping you out of your destiny? Who's argued you out of your destiny? What, 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 what distract? You know what I mean? There have been many disconnects, many arguments, many things that have come my way, but they can't trump that encounter. Many opportunities to be offended, or, but the, you understand, have you got an encounter? Because if you haven't got an encounter, then the economy will take you out. Do you know what I mean? A, a new president will be up, get you upset enough to move out of this country. No, I'm asking you. But if you had an encounter, see, if you're just moving because of your feelings or your comfort, you need an encounter. You need an encounter with God. Your marriage needs an encounter. Your children need an encounter. Your business needs an encounter. If you're just living with an emotion or wise, you're living at a low, you need to take it up a level. You need an encounter. And, and in the Bible, there's a guy who used to be blind. 
And Jesus heals him, and he heals him on the Sabbath, and people are freaking out. And they're almost like trying to deny it. They're like, where are his parents? Was he blind because of his sin? Like, was he born blind? And they almost like totally got distracted. And, and the guy in John 9, 9 verse 17, it says, finally they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? He replied, of course, they're asking about Jesus. Uh, whether he's a sinner or, or not, I don't know. He's saying, yeah, this, this man, he healed me. But one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. And the more they argued with him, the more he just confessed that. And the more he couldn't, he was living in his victory. And he couldn't, they could try to persecute him. His parents, because of the, the way they, that the religious leaders were, they stepped back. Eh? Because they would, have been, they would have been persecuted now. But he just couldn't deny the miracle. So he said, you bring what you, what you want against me. But I was blind, but now I see. You need an encounter that makes you stand no matter what. You need an encounter that makes you strong. And God wants to give you one. That's what God's inviting you to. And so even where you've got things you've struggled with or you've got weakness, bring it to God so that He can encounter you there. He can do a miracle in that space. He can change your testimony. And, and what I want you to see about this man is that you don't need to have all the answers because without an encounter, you always want to, argue people into heaven. <laughs> you always want to, I can't speak to them about Jesus. Why? Because I can't explain it. You don't need to explain it. You just need to tell them your encounter. That's, that's all your job is. And, and so you don't need to know all the answers in order to share Christ. It's just important to tell them how he's changed your life. How's he changed your life? That's all God's asking you. You need to trust Him to use that. As you tell your people at your workplace, and, and that's the thing. You know, I remember when, when I got saved, after, uh, you know, I mean, we, my, my friends and I started getting into Christian action. We actually had a bit of a revival in Matric and Paul, Paul Marinette in Zambia now. Paul was my, my youth pastor. He was also my rugby coach, but we were the social side. We just had fun, and um, I think we won a few games, but... But, but, um, but we had a lot of fun. I remember some of the guys in the team. But um, I remember going to Christian Action, and I remember friends looking in the hall. There they are. Those guys, are, they actually going to Christian Action. And then I remember guys telling me, bro, you're just going through a phase, bro. Oh, you're a Christian now. You're not going to be. But see, I couldn't deny. I couldn't deny the encounter. I did, couldn't deny my relationship with God. And years later, I'm still serving God. Trusting that you also have an encounter, that you look back years later, you're still serving God. People go, why are you doing it? No, no, because I've had a real relationship with God. I've had a real encounter with God. And let's face it, you're trusting if you're a parent, your children will take on your faith. And yes, you live it out, you, but you also need to trust that your children have an encounter because they need a personal faith. It's like they say, God doesn't have any grandchildren. He just has children. You know, sometimes we have, you know, yeah, okay, so you're with me. <laughs> you don't pull them into heaven. They need an encounter. They need a personal encounter. And, and even as you have encounters, they're going to end up in. So even in the house, I play, even, I play a bit of worship. Next thing you know, I have my, I hear the girls singing for bed. Dad, I need to read my Bible. They're reading their Bible. Then I come to the room, what did you feel God say? And they got the, these little Bibles where it asks questions. Like you just read this, what, what, is, what did you learn from it? But, but they personally, they're taking it, I can see now. 
It's their personal, they're going on a personal journey. And they, they in a, in, of course, I've got worship in the, in the house, and they're hearing their songs, and, and they're starting to have these moments with God. They're singing. And, and then I go, and I look. Sometimes I sneak into youth, and I watch them on Friday night. see them worshiping. But it's a personal journey. Are you, are you positioning your child for an encounter? Because it's going to change their life. Of course, we need presence, not just practice. We need presence. We need God's presence. And of course, we understand we, we're going to be diligent. Like, like, so, so I fast. That's a practice because I want His presence. You understand? So I, I read God's Word. And I, I listen to, I have quiet times every morning and I worship, but it's because I, I want the Word and I want His presence. And, and, and so we, yes, we're going to have practice, but, but it's because we, we're pursuing a relationship with Him. We, and, and come on, if you don't have if you don't have a relationship with him, because you must say Moses, you know they said he had a veil of his face. If you read scripture, it says he came down from, he came out of this encounter with God and people, he had a veil of his face. Some people say he had it to, to almost hide the glory, but, but the writers say it was because the glory was fading. And, and, and the, they, he didn't want to show them that the, the, the law was a fading glory because it was getting people ready for the ultimate glory of Jesus. And, and so the law couldn't actually sustain, like it, it showed them they needed God, and that's why they made sacrifices. But, but if, if you're just making rules in your house, there might be a fading glory to your relationships. I'm going to make another rule to keep my family in place. You mean, your kids don't want to be around the supper table. Well, the rules are everywhere. You mean, no, no, the relationship takes the veil off. And there's a glory. I want to be here. You don't have to. I want to. And yes, sometimes you have to put rules in place to, to get people. But the point of it is to get people to relationship. Okay. And, and if you, so, so you and I, just like we have our family, you need to build your relationship with your family, with your children. Invest in it. Go have fun together. Be a family. And I promise you, People who, who go where they celebrated, not where they tolerated. Where they, but, but if you just got rules, it's a fading glory. And, and the church that's got fixated on rules, we, we have this glory moment, and now it's gone. Now we go, geez, we need to make up some more rules. I said, we're going to leave. <laughs> but it should be the presence of God that draws us. It's like a well with water. How do you keep the sheep, sheep close together? The sheep, the field's so big, they could scatter. Just make sure the well is full of water. All the sheep come together around the water. And we need to be people, God's presence, not just practice. Romans 8 verse 11. It stands for reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, He'll do the same thing in you that He did in Jesus, bringing you alive to Himself. When God lives and breathes in you as and He does, as surely as He did in Jesus. You are delivered from the dead life with His Spirit living in you. Your body will be as alive as Christ. Who would like a body as alive as Christ's body? Because even death could not hold that body down. And God's inviting you to be filled with His Spirit. Filled with His Spirit. The Bible says, um, be filled with the Spirit of God. It's a, it's a continuous will. It means you can ask God to fill you daily. 
just like you blow up a balloon it's at its capacity and maybe the next morning it deflates it's like almost opening up that balloon and then expanding it to its max every morning God can fill you and yes there'll be a knock and an encounter that might cause you to leak right now ask God fill me up again I feel like I've leaked you know they say vision leaks well even spiritually we can leak a bit hey we need to be filled and God invites you he says I will fill you with my spirit and he says if an earthly parent gives you good gifts how much more will I give you the Holy Spirit when you ask? You can, wherever you are, you can ask the Holy Spirit. God, Jesus, will you baptize me? Your Spirit, will you baptize me? Baptize me, baptize me. And so just quickly, we're going to worship now, but I'm going to look at Jacob. Jacob, he tricked his brother Esau out of his birthright. He wrestled him. His name's, um, he's a schemer. Um, Jacob, Jacob was a man who, who was, self-sufficient. He was a schemer, a schemer. He, um, he, he tried to steal his birthright. And he got it right. His brother came in. He was hungry and he said, I made the, you know, I got some lentil soup here. And his brother was a meat man. It's crazy what you, <laughs> that, that you'll give up your destiny for something you don't even like. Your flesh will deceive you. That affair, lentil soup. The thing that's taking you out of your relationships, <laughs> your flesh will deceive you. Jacob gives up his birthright. I mean, Esau gives up his birthright. Jacob takes it, tricks his dad, runs for his life. He runs into Laban, um, his father-in-law, who tricks him as well. He works for seven years for a wife and he gives him the other daughter and, and he's receiving it. But he, he then he keeps, he, he keeps trying to scheme and then his brother wants to make, to, to come to, into relationship again and he goes I'll give him these resources and he's trying to scheme in that and then before he sees him God, he has this encounter with God and Genesis 32 says so Jacob was left alone of course this is the day before he sees his brother he's got all these schemes and God meets with him that's what he's done in his life he's just schemed and so Jacob was left alone a man wrestled with him till daybreak and when the man saw that he could not overpower him he touched the, the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I'll not let you go unless you bless me. And Jacob asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. The man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you've struggled with God and with men and overcome. Jacob said, please. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? Because Jacob wanted head knowledge. God said, God is trying to say, no, no, you need a hard encounter. You, you've always worked in your head. You've always schemed. You've always tried to work out your, you've, how you got your birthright. No, you need a God encounter. And I'm going to change you in this God encounter. Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Benil, saying, it's because I saw God face to face. And yet my life was spared. He was changed. And when you have a God encounter, you're going to get some new strength. Isaiah 40 verse 29, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. Have you seen, have you seen a picture of an eagle or a video? They are soaring. You see some of our birds in the southeast, they're flapping. God says, no, you're going to soar. You're going to use the wind to go to greater heights. You know, you see a bird struggling in the storm. The eagle uses it to go to greater heights. And then we can get, find new strength as we encounter God. And we can also have a new identity. So, so, but, but, but what you need to understand is that, that it was a humbling moment. 
because he's racing, he's racing with God, and 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 he he wants to. The, God says, "Okay, now it's that break. It's the end of the wrestle," and he won't let him go. And then God just touches his socket and shows him how strong he is in a moment. He could have done it at any point. Just, I reckon Jacob would have gone. If you can do that to me in a second, how much more can you bless me in a second? Will you bless me, God? I don't know what you're wrestling with because he'd wrestled his way, he'd schemed, he'd schemed. His name was Supplanter, Schemer. That's what it meant. And, and God says, you've wrestled your way in, through life. I'm going to wrestle you and I'm going to bring you to a place of change. And God, in a way, humbles him because now he's got this limp. But as soon as he got humbled, he asked for a blessing. What you learn is that if you are always going to try to make your own way and scheme, you might find a time where God brings you down. Because God can only lift up what is low. But He always brings down what is high. And if you and I will position ourselves humbly, God will bless us. But God is good enough to bring you low. God is good enough to bring you low sometimes when you try to place yourself a bit too high. He's good enough because He knows there's eternity ahead of you. You, you go, don't, don't humble me in the temporary. I need to because I've got eternity for you. <laughs> I've got a blessing that's eternal for you. And, and then He says to him, what's your name? No, I don't want to tell you my name. I, I'm a schemer. That's my name. You'll no longer be called that. I'm going to give you a new name. You used to live like that. You are a new creation. In Christ, an encounter. And then it's a new joy. Do you want to stand up quickly? An encounter also gives you a new enthusiasm. In the Greek, enthusiasm is found in two words, en and theos. Theos means God in the Greek. So it's in theos. Of course, our enthusiasm is in God. It's, if you want to look at the original language, it means to be full of God. Some people have lost their enthusiasm, their passion. And they think it's because they're bored. But enthusiasm it's not a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing. Enthusiasm is to be full of God. People say to you, how come you're so enthusiastic about business, marriage, your life, your children, this country? Because I'm full of God. Matthew 5 or 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be full. Um, when I sense God's presence, I normally cry. I remember when I came to church, I, I couldn't stop crying, so I went to the toilet. <laughs> and I was like, I can't stop crying. Like, you know, like I couldn't stop it. And then I realised, somebody says to me, I had the same experience when I sensed God's presence. I was like, okay. But um, I just want to pray for anyone who 
you know God's calling you back to relationship with Him. Maybe you've drifted. Maybe you've asked Him to save you, but He's not Lord of your life anymore. He's not first in your life. Maybe He's like second or third. Something else has come first. And this is your opportunity to, to ask Him not only for some of you to save you. Those who call on the name, will be, on the name of the Lord will be saved. But for others, you need to put Him first again. Can everyone just close their eyes? If, if you want me to include you in a prayer where you come back to God, you ask Him to forgive you of your sins and to be Lord of your life. If you want me to include you, just pop your hand up and say, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together as a church family. Jesus, Jesus, we call on your name. We call on your name. Save us, Jesus. Save us, Jesus. We confess. We confess that we're sinners. That we're sinners. Thank you. Thank you that you're faithful and just. That you're faithful and just to forgive us of us. To forgive us of us. We confess. We confess that you are the Son of God. That you are the Son of God. That you are Lord of that all. You are Lord of all. I believe in my heart, I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead because of this confession and this belief. The Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's give Him praise this place. Come on, praise Him. Can I ask everyone just to look to your right, the door's open. If you did give your life to Jesus or you've come back, please encourage you to tell somebody. Let somebody pray with you. You might want to go with a family member or friend, but we've got men and women counsellors who can pray with you. If you need any prayer, you can go there. For new people, you grab your first coffee at the God Can Banner. You can also find out more about our creative team. And you can, of course, find out more about online. You can sign your child up for Holiday Club. And, and you can also find out more about serving and Serve Day online. You know, I have the sense, I must say this quickly. You know, I've got this idea in my head of how this, this facility should reach its destiny. And it's going to allow us to create space for encounter. But because it's three services and it's going to allow us to plant more churches. Because every time we plant, the mothership takes the most and sows. And, and, and I know that we actually are sitting now looking at banks and talking to them because I know how to finish this facility and how to finish our social area to facilitate more relationship and more encounter. If you are somebody who feels called to build the church, please pray with us to see the next step for this location. So, yeah. Cool. God bless you guys. Remember tonight, Dina's been preaching. Love to see you there.